Hi, beautiful beings. Welcome to the Authentic Lifestyle Show. I'm Joanne Oswell-Jones, your host. Today is episode 17, and joining me for the conversation is Corinne Brawl, clairvoyant healer. I can't wait to dive into this conversation because I know you're going to love it. From a very young age, Corinne could feel what other people were feeling. If someone was feeling angry, she could feel that anger. If someone was feeling sad, she could feel that sadness. So it was like she couldn't separate herself from other people's feelings. It was a little later on in her teens when she had her first out-of-body experience that she realised by separating her consciousness from her body, she could go into the unseen, so into the unconsciousness of others and the world around her. It's been an incredible journey for her. Her story will have you sitting on the edge of your seat. The work she does with others is totally life-transforming, really transforming. So let's dive straight in. Are we ready? Corinne, it is so great to have you here. I am, what can I say? I'm super, super excited about this conversation, you know, for so many reasons. And one of the reasons is because you and I have now worked together on my personal development and my personal growth for five years now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, five years. And I can honestly say that some of the sessions we've had And what we have cleared and the work that we have done has been so profound. And I honestly know and believe that the situations I've been in or the the challenges that I faced, had I not done that work, there's no ways I would have handled them as well as I did or almost going in there with confidence for for some of the time. So you know, aside from the work that we've done together, I just want to be able to, for everyone to actually, gosh, come to understand your skills and your work and how what you do is totally, totally life transforming for people. So almost like just introducing you as a a clairvoyant healer just doesn't doesn't do it justice because there's so much more under that title and so um I'm super excited for so many reasons and I think really one of the things was I was reading your story on your website and I was going through because I have tons of questions I'm sure the whole world listening listening would have tons of questions but can we go back to your childhood and back to the beginning because your story is so powerful and um so profound um and and you know I read things that I thought I never knew this about Corinne and we've been working together all this time and so I'd love to know from the very beginning when when did you know that you had the gifts and the skills that you have which you've now you know you now use in your professional career so Let's go back to the beginning, right? Let's say it was very messy for a very long time, you know, and just like a basic empath initially, but in a very strong way, you know, so I've been able to, uh, like many empaths initially, uh, not being able to make the difference between my feeling and the feeling of people. Entering in a room and catching like the person who was annoyed and starting to be a bit paranoid that the person was annoyed against me. And I think it's something that many people who have empathic feeling can uh, relate to. And um, 
And that was, you know, that was the standard like for everyone. And I've been through some challenge in my life. I'm talking especially about health problem. I've been through, um, at 14 years old, I've been through a major backbone surgery, yeah. which made me uh, very depressed because I could not flex my back. I could not do gym, could not do judo, could not carry weight. So it was from like, I was starting high school in the lower point of my life. And uh, fine, you said like it's teenager or you go through a, a challenge and it's normal to be in, emotionally impacted by that. But you know, the, the physical pain, you know, someday I was having torticoli and the other day was sciatic. And someday I was taking painkiller and the other was benzodiazepine, which is quite addictive product when, when you have 20 basically. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, through the physical challenge, um, I started to try everything, you know, and anything because traditional medicine did not work much for me. Uh, oh, I was doing physiotherapy. I was doing all of that. Um, and I'm going to the point of... Oh. Was this, as I say, was this after the back operation? That was after the back operation. But the right. thing is, that my perception, they say, my perception of that sensing the world was present from the, the early age, but I will say like many over impact. I like to insist on that because I feel I'm I'm starting to be functional as an impact. This is where I'm I'm, I'm I've got this kind of gift to help people because I've structured my perception. But just so the story, what allows me to structure the perception right. so, so when you were a baby, let's say when you were two, three, four, five, you you have those feelings then as an empath you you could sense other people's feelings but obviously you wouldn't have been aware of it at that point right you would have just no. thought well, that was normal would or exactly it's just a standard it was just a difficulty with like remembering multiplication table yeah. i have difficulty with limits uh in a sense like I, it was very hard to deal with authority it yeah. was really hard to sit at school for a long time I was kind of like very um, daydreaming, you know, let's say the, everything that was related to emotion was like, that was my water. So everything that was like too much structure was kind of like, oh my God, it's compressing me. And, uh, and it was very hard to, to, to deal with uh, school, despite that I've, I've, I've done it uh, and I've been to uni and I spent a lot of time at school and studying. It's never felt something, uh, enjoyable to me okay. very at the opposite like it was just like fucking nightmare school i hated it from like <laughs> age age of seven i was like i hate this thing i need to be good because i can't do that twice i right. can't do okay twice. Oh. okay okay so you're dealing with that and then you went into the operation talk to us about that about so i mean listeners when you go on corinne's website and you read the story you'll see an x-ray um it's it's pretty serious stuff oh yes that's why i think it's like it's the thing is like it's something that people don't notice so it's also like a, a disability because i've got a, a card as disabled person that people can't notice so it's like it was just giving me a lot of anxiety of not having the pain recognized and fight a long time to have my pain recognized from people around till I realized that, okay, it's a limiting belief, but it came very uh, uh, much later in my process. 
But what happened is like in trying all those things, I've started to be like, okay, I'm gonna try energy and I'm coming from an atheist family. So yeah. really just kind of like you die, you die, it's done. You know, you there's nothing else, you know. So um that's so um, interesting, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You push, you try, you know, out of despair, you kind of like Mwah. I go for an energy either it's coming a synchronicity I've heard about that why not you know and anyway through this process I start to have like uh out of body experience with like uh, especially after they put back an atlas a vertebra in my head I start to have this kind of like oh energy coming and feeling like in love with the world and feeling like aesthetic and I start to have out of body experience which be like from a day to another, it changed everything, you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, those books that I was reading sometime, you know, in the supermarket waiting for my parents. But we're talking about like cartomancy and reading, angel and all that. It was kind of like, mm, interesting, but I'm not taking it, you know? And I was like, okay, well, I can feel I'm separating. I can separate from my body. What's going on? So if this is right, if this, if this is possible, what else is possible? Wow. So when you said you were separate, you could see yourself separating from your body. So you, so your soul, your consciousness. So you were like looking at yourself, but your energy was outside of your body. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like you, uh, you in bed. I was laying in bed, like I was relaxing. It was good, like uh, just in the, and starting to fall asleep. And then I just start to be like, oh, Oh, I feel my arm are buzzing. And I just start to, I don't know, just pay attention to my heart. And suddenly the vibrations start to increase and they went all in my heart. And suddenly I feel projected outside of the body. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. I was and, gonna say, were you scared? Were you? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I went directly back to my body and then I, I stand up and then I was like looking on the internet, what is that, you know? And so they describe it in, in it's pretty cliche in, in out-of-body experience that, that the buzzing and the sound just before separating. But it was real, you know, I experienced it. I think that was the big difference between like, I believe that there's something else. And then suddenly I experienced, uh, I went through something that made me like, okay, I don't have any doubt. It's not a dream. It's something that's- 100% you know, knowing, yeah. So and it's open. And when, when, when that happened for the first time, Corinne, I'm really intrigued. So how long were you separated from your body for? And where, where were you? Where was your energy and your consciousness when you separated? Were you just floating around or, or explain? Basically, I was just out of my, in, in my bedroom, you know? I just went just like one meter above my body, you know? Yeah. And I could feel like, oh, what is there? It's just like, it's not my conscience. Basically, who I can identify myself right now as Karen, you know, who I feel I, I, I am, was the one that was one meter away from a body that was suddenly like flesh, you know, and it was just like, okay, okay. That can, a consciousness can separate from the body. And it actually is what always happened when I, I step into people, this is what happened. I'm projecting my consciousness inside of you. Hmm. This is why I can feel you. Yeah, this is where you get to the root. So carry on. I'm carry on. Yeah. So it happened the first time, and then suddenly you're thinking, I'm no longer an atheist. 
Exactly. It's kind of like, oh, that feels good. I'm not scared about dying anymore. I'm not scared about... Uh, uh, it was not about dying. It was about nothingness. Or one day I will be uh, nothing. And there was anxiety for me connected to that, you know. And so it went, it was just like, woo! It was the grail. I was so happy, you know. It was, there was a lot of, I was relieved from that. And I was excited because then I stopped my work. I quit. I was working in Switzerland. And then I just started to explore many different spiritual activity workshop and try things and and i end up finding a clairvoyant and this is where the shift happened also so i had my first step in the unseen okay i validate and then it was like this man when i met him he was i said oh i've got this pain with my shoulder you know because i was still exploring about my body trying to to get better and it just connect with me like I do, you know, during session. And it's just say, oh, this is the reason why. And when he mentioned the reason, the unconscious reason, the pain dropped suddenly. Well, wow. okay. Uh, if I work on my unconscious belief, I can impact my physical tension. It's so true, isn't it? Because, you know, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but it's like the, you know, the picture of the iceberg where you see 5% at the top and that is the conscious mind, isn't it? But 95% is in the unconsciousness, in the unseen. And that's where, well, we're going to get into it. But yeah, so carry on. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I understood this kind of like the onion structure that we structure identity like onion. Uh, we go through experience which make us adopt a certain strategy to go through life, you know? Like, oh, being kind, avoid me to be under trouble. So this is what I'm gonna do now. And then if that doesn't work, you develop another strategy and another one, you know, one above the other. And the idea is like, if you let go of those strategy, you're getting to a part of you that where there's more flow, more energy, and you connect to to your nature, you know, there's something about uh, being able to connect to uh, to yeah. something where it's nourishing to yeah. us. It's amazing, isn't it? The amount of accumulated stress, limiting beliefs, yes. uh, blockages that people carry. And here's a question, slightly interrupting your story, but do you, is you, is your understanding and belief that a physical manifestation behind that physical manifestation of illness or disease or imbalance is an emotional attachment, an emotional suppression? So something in the un, in the unconsciousness, um, it's it's a block there, and so it's coming up to the physical, to the surface, to try and get our attention. Yeah, there's just free way to evolve, all by experience or by the subtle information or through the disease, you know? So it's just kind of like, if you're not getting like through an experience, it could be a pleasant experience or a negative experience, but if you can learn from positive experience, you might not even go through negative experience, but often we kind of like, if it's nice, we kind of like not getting it or not paying much attention to it, you know? Yeah. And then it's just like through um, emotion or people saying things to you or book where there's something in it or through disease when the emotion is getting 
it's almost like it's repeating, repeating, yeah. repeating. And the density is kind of like putting more and more water in, in a jar. And at a certain point, there's not enough space for the jar. So it's going to another level and it densifies, you know? So, okay. um, so then you can extract it, but depend of like, there's a lot of story around physical eating through emotion. But uh, yeah, I'm still like learning about that when people just like, can and change or when people don't change you know what makes the difference when people transcend their symptom very fast and some people transcend the, their symptom a bit like less like, less rapidly than over and sometimes we never recover depressing do you think that's more of a a, a willingness from that person or, or maybe a belief that they don't believe that it's possible to transcend those patterns, those beliefs. And so they, well, I suppose it could be several things, couldn't it? One could be like, it's, they enjoy being the victim. They enjoy hanging on to that attachment. And two could be that, could it be that maybe the soul in this light, in that particular lifetime doesn't want to, it's not part of that person's path to deal with, it's, I've seen so many different things. It's kind of like every case is, is unique. So what I've seen so far, how I can resume that, and I think it's almost like, uh, it's still my, my understanding of this process is still very limiting, limited, I think, despite that I've been through my own like physical recovery. And uh, there's something related to the belief in it. Uh, it's almost like, it's not because you don't know how that can, you can heal, that is not possible. Or it's not because your doctor don't know how you can heal that someone else will not know. There's already something about that to open. Okay. And there's um, indeed a lot of uh, unconscious pattern related to what, what I've manifested in your body, which can be like, yeah, strategy. And sometimes it's easier to have a disease than to deal with the emotion or to change, you know, because to let go of like a position, you have to be willing to disidentify. And if you felt like, oh, this is who I am, or I'm, I'm this kind of person. Well, okay, be ready to stop being this kind of person and not to put like, not forcing it, not like, oh, now I'm hard, I'm strong, you know, no, no, no. But to repair it, it's just going to be okay. You have to go through and open, open the onion instead of putting another layer, which I think sometimes people do. You know, when they sometimes affirmation can lead to that. It's just like you put another layer. Oh no, I'm 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 healing. I mean, which can work also, but uh, if the under belief is stronger, that will be uh, it. Will be for me, it's necessary to address it and to have a look at it. But there's no one way. There's something about like, this is what I've experienced. And it's very limited. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Gosh, in some of the sessions we've had, I think it's phenomenal what you can tap into. But let's go back to, so you had this treatment with this. He was a, a chiropractor? No, it's a, oh, for my, my, uh, my vertebra? Yeah. When, when, when you said I wanted to get rid of the pain... Oh no, it was a clairvoyant. A clairvoyant, sorry, okay. I thought it was a chiropractor. It's someone who have inspired me a lot to structure my perception. And on this day, uh, I asked him, you know, like, how does that work? And he said, oh, 
you can tap in the unformed, you know? And I say, he said, he affirmed to me like, oh, you tap in the unformed, isn't it? And I was like, yes, because I knew what he was talking about. It's kind of like feeling things. You feel things. So it's unformed, there's no shape. It's a perception from like unpacked, like there's no shape, you're sensing things. And the way to become clever and it's a way to uh, being able to structure through words. The feeling. The feelings, exactly. Right. You know? And so everything was for me about structuration. Okay. You know, I was living in a big like pond, like it was, everything was a big mess. I could not like differentiate. And I was a bit like, okay. This is that, you know, this is a pain related to that. This is that. And training to recognize uh, the difference between emotion and then image starts to come and then videos start to come. You know, it's just like the brain just trained to translate in the same way that if you are a painter, initially you can say to me, oh, this is red. And the painter will say, no, it's a light magenta. And it would be, you know, the, the nuance, yeah. that the ability to nuance your perception increase. So I say that for impact because I think there's a key for impact. There's a tool and there's a gift behind uh, those perception, which is like when you structure, when you start to welcome limits in your life. There was something about that for me. You know, I resist limits a lot. And it was about like welcoming my own limits, which is my body also. Okay, that's interesting. So, yeah. So everything was about body, limits, identity also. And all of that are very connected. And more you get in your identity, in your body, more the perception gets clearest, more the structure. Because you're entering in your, I was entering in my own structure. And in doing so, it's kind of like if the focal points be very precise, so everything gets clearest. Otherwise, it's kind of like I am blurry in my identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When things happen, it's blurry. It's not because the outside of the field is blurry. It's just like the let's say the radio station. It's kind of like now I'm precise in my radio station. I can I can hear where where I want to You're listen. Tuning into that vibration. Exactly. Amazing. So what happened then? So you then realized that you could have this. You could separate from your consciousness. You realized mm -hmm. that you could identify with a, a physical a physical manifestation so the pain and understand so here's a question for you when when the clairvoyant and you spoke to him about the pain that you were experiencing was the was the pain okay so the pain was physical of course but what he was identifying with and what he changed was obviously not not conscious so it was in with within your unconsciousness right and so the minute he moved that the pain disappeared exactly it's, but it's more yes it's, it's crazy it but it blows my mind it really blows my mind yeah too, i was like oh if i can do that i'm gonna train to do that you know but yeah. it's kind of like it's not someone who say uh, like oh i'm gonna train you i'm gonna give you a diploma because it's really about this is something interesting it's about like Find your own authority, you know? Okay. I'm not saying, pardon? I said explain, elaborate on that. Find your own authority. Yes. Find your own authority. It's not here to give you a diploma. So you say, oh, diploma means you will say that a father figure validates you in 
in oh you are this place you know okay. and it's kind of like that's what you need to to live to find your own authority and your own place in the world you have to uh, to validate your own place so it's not a diploma that's going to validate uh, yourself with an outside authority that's going to validate you but you're going to have to validate yourself so i'm going to be like okay who, what am i calling myself now because i don't have diploma i have some training in different practice but what i'm doing is pretty unique because i'm working on the unconscious limiting belief so when i, I transform that when it's moving okay it's opening to a new part a new things for for people and uh, and there's no diploma and I will like just like never give any diploma if I start one day to train people because it's part of a process. You have to find your own authority and, and your own security in doing that. But if someone just start to secure you, you're not searching for your own security. And so you're missing one of uh, a point of a journey. I think what you've just said is 100% accurate, but, and, and it's insane because what it what it has taught me is that when we come into this lifetime okay we are encouraged 150% to disconnect with our own authority exactly we are encouraged in life to follow a a pattern a set of rules expectations that are actually not within us but without outside of us and so people use labels, like you said. So people are using a diploma. They're using the word an engineer. They're using the word, you know, a doctor as a label to give them a validation. But actually, they could be so, so disconnected from their own inner security. And I know I, it's funny that you say that because as you're speaking, I'm thinking, oh, so that's what that session was really about. I'm thinking about some of the work that, that we've done, which, and in, in fact, in, in some of the podcasts, I've talked about it, about how everything we've done is training me to get back to my true inner security, my own authority. And I think, and I know you've said this before, that, you know, that is what we're here to do. We're not here, we're here to all find our own security and authority yes and what is interesting is not to say that oh don't train in any things so of course of course it's about you train and then people will come to see you even if you're, you can be a chiropractor a healer or plumber but people come to you because they're they're in tune with your essence with your nature with your vibration if they want to to have a service delivered by you it's not about like, uh, there's many people who might give a service, but what they are attracted to deeply unconsciously, it's your nature, it's your basic vibration. So more you embrace it, more you can show it. It's almost like, hey, this is my nature. Anyway, deeply is what people are interested in, it's your vibration. So it's like, whatever you offer, it need to go, it needs to be connected to your identity. So don't think like, oh, I'm a therapist and I'm going to try to behave like a therapist, like uh, behave like you, because that's, that's authentic. Pardon? Because it's authentic. Yeah, and even more than that, it's authentic, but in authenticity, it brings coherence. So even your chakra are aligned. 
you know, the lower one, which are about your individuality and the upper one about what you believe, start to be aligned. So even the, your practice is getting more efficient yeah. because you include yourself in your practice. So there's more authenticity, but in the authenticity, it's more coherence and strength and power. So you're getting better. More you, you put yourself, your, you put your nature in your practice, more is starting to be coherent and harmonious and successful. What's so crazy about all of this is that when you look at, um, so for example, if you look at intimate relationships, okay, because it's all driven in the unconsciousness and you, bless, you look at people who go out of their way to attract a relationship, to get a boyfriend or to get a girlfriend and, you know, they'll copy someone else. They'll copy, you know, they'll dress in a certain way or they'll, they'll buy that perfume because it smells great on that other person. But actually, from what I'm understanding, what you're saying is the relationship that you attract is on a much deeper level. So you are going to attract it anyway, without the perfume, without the pink hair, you, right? Oh, yes, it's yes so we, funny. we fall in love with a vibration, yeah. not with like what the person can bring us. Maybe sometimes if you're interested, but it's not really love, you know? It's, uh, it's kind of like when you like someone just looking, at the person, you know, you don't know anything. The person haven't proved that is a good person. It's just, you feel it. There's a kind of instinct in falling in love. When you fall in love, there's always this thing about you losing control. You know, yeah. there's a sense of losing control. So there's a sense of chaos. So chaos is very close to the magnetism and the animal part. And it's where, you know, like uh, it's out of your control. And the thing about like trying, trying, um, playing games, trying to control. It's, it, in fact, I suppose it takes away from the experience because you're trying to control it. Oh yeah, it's hiding. You, you can't fall in love in like, with like a, a checklist. Oh, this person needs to be that and that and that. This is a checklist. You're going like to do shopping for that. You're not falling in love with a, with a checklist basically. So that's why I think, you know, like internet things about like, this person need to be like that, like that, like that. I want that. Well, you want that, but maybe you need something else. <laughs> There's a difference between what you think would be great and what you really what's need going on. to become yeah. the person that, that you want to be. You know, for example, I, when I, I met my, my partner uh, six years ago, I was, my intention was like, you know, now I want to find a partner that will help me to become a woman. And I was like, oh, great. And I ended up like, oh my God, this relationship was so challenging at the beginning because it was not getting into the pattern of being agreeable with me. It was pushing, putting on limits. And I was like, oh, my strategy on him, I'm not working. It's so annoying, you know, because this is what I wanted. I wanted to be like almost, I did not, I did not see how much change I will have to, to do inside of me to become the woman that I want to be. That's why sometimes we, you want something, but you don't see uh, how far you are from what you want. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. And yeah. So let's go back. Let's go. Cause uh, there's so much in your story. Um, so you found, so you began to train, you had this experience 
and you went around the world and I mean it couldn't be more further apart from there you were as sort of you know in the pharmaceutical world in Switzerland like in this you know chemist did you do it was a complete 360 degree change tell me about some of the traveling because I know you did some ayahuasca I mean there was all yeah tell us what can I say about that that may be uh, relevant for people um plant experience help to uh, open some doors yeah so when uh when sometimes it's a bit difficult, it's a good, uh, it might be a good way. It's not working for everyone. It's not for everyone, uh, like almost everything and anything. Um, but what can I say about that, you know? I think it was a shortcut. Or I think it was, it was a good way to release emotion, you know? But, um, I did a lot, you know, <laughs> I did a lot about that, you know, uh, but I'm just trying to search for something that will be most meaningful for people. Trust your gut. It's not working for everyone. Okay. I think it's really important with that, with uh, ayahuasca, iboga, I've done bufo also, which was like very interesting. Um, it took me time. Now that I'm getting more and more I'm getting conscious and more it's I'm getting sensitive so less I'm kind of like inclined yeah to go for substances because now it's kind of like oh my god this is getting too intense you know sometimes it's just mm-hmm. like it's just the level of intensity and sensitivity is increasing but at the beginning when you're a bit like it's almost like when there's like you we are not too sensitive it's kind of like a fast thing you know it's almost like if you cannot hear the fact that someone is shouting, help, you know, and it helps also to read his emotion. But what is interesting is like every plant has some nature, you know? So when you take ayahuasca, it's a lian, or you say like it's a plant that go in the tree. So you will not have the same sensation than when you take iboga, which is a roots that is right. working on another unconscious level. So it's very, I was very fascinated by the identity the consciousness connected to every plant and the kind of teaching that you can have from that. So I experienced it because, because it was the beginning and I was a bit kind of like very hungry to discover and try. And I think you need to experience to know what worked for you and what you like. Because I was like, oh, maybe I would work with plants. And then I was like, oh, maybe I will have training constellation therapy. Maybe I will do that. And then I was like, oh no, uh, maybe I will try that. And maybe, oh, that I like. And so to keep at the end what was meaningful to me or what was really like pleasurable, like, oh, I really like to do that, you know? And, uh, and work, I will say for that, talking about experience, traveling, for me, it was a time to experience. Yeah. And I think it should be done ideally at teenage, but we tend to sit in a classroom at teenage, you know? It's the moment where you'd have to discover yourself. You can think you know what you like, but let me tell you a story about that. Because I was like, it's um, when I was a, a student, you know, in biology, I studied the biology of ecosystem. And uh, I find a placement in Caraib, 
in the French Guadeloupe, in the Caribbean island. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a jackpot, you know? It was like winning the lottery to, have, to be a placement student there, you know? Because it was island, it was quiet, it was great. And so I was super, super excited to, to, uh, to spend three months there. And I arrived there and after like, I don't know, one week, even less than one week, I was sitting on a beach, sandy beach, empty with the blue water. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so bored. I'm so bored, you know, my ideal. So the idea that I have about what will be the most pleasurable things for me and not to be reality. No, it's like thinking that, oh, when I will have uh, a partner, I will be happy. <laughs> and then you have a partner and then it's a mess. Or when I will have a house, I will be so happy. I will find it. And then it's just like you have like infiltration and it's fucking mess with your house. And it was the same, you know, I was on this ideal idea of, what will be the paradise? And it was not. So uh, starting to, I'm starting to question myself around satisfaction. What really brings satisfaction? And uh, with time, you know, I realized this is this thing about like nature expression. More you go in yourself, more you can connect with your real desire. In contrast to, um, to I would say, desire that uh, projection of an idea like, oh, it's island, it's, it's, a, it's a paradise I Iceland in the Caraib. This is what I think is the best, you know? But it was connected to, to a cliche almost. It was not connected to my nature, you know? What was fulfilling is kind of like thinking like, oh, if I'm rich, beautiful, and I'm dating someone famous. It's, um, I'm going to be super happy. Uh, it's, it can, actually, that can make you happy. But it has to be connected to something that is nourishing to you for your nature to bring satisfaction. Otherwise, it's just carton. And so how, from what you're saying there, what I feel now, and I think the world is changing big time. And I think we're all being asked to step up. And I think we're all being asked to grow and to connect to our inner security. But I think what you just said there was really interesting in that, do you feel in, in the work that you do and, and just in your experience at being able to separate from your, and, and be in, in, in the universe in consciousness, that a lot of people, the ideal is not connected within. So they are, they're always thinking that, yes, it's, it's the house, it's the car, it's the security, it's the relationship, it's the, it's the holidaying in the Caribbean that's going to give them that inner security when actually all it is, is sticking, actually in my book, I've written this about, you know, it's, it's like sticking a plaster over an ever widening gap within, you know, because it's seeking externally. But my question is, is, do you think that's because people are disconnected? They can't access the nature of who they are to find out what it is that really nourishes them? Yes, I deeply think is that. I think we deeply have all uh, grow denying ourselves and thinking we were a bad person. Wow, okay. Yeah. It's very, and uh, I can feel it's during session, it's kind of very violent how much we denied ourselves. We denied because it's like you think, we think we are not enough. 
And because it had been installed by um, society, parents, because, you know, and it's almost like there's a deep denied of who we are. And if we do that, you can be successful in doing that, but you will not access satisfaction. You know, you can, as I say, you can be rich, beautiful and famous and still feel like yeah. there's something missing because what is missing, it's your nature. You know, being connected to yourself and I've got clients who have everything, who have kids, job, workout, and there. It's coming, especially in the 40s, people reach a point where it's kind of like, even if they have, especially when they are, when they, they're not missing any material things. Because when you're missing a material thing, there's a need, you know, there's a need and, and, and money can bring freedom. It's, yeah. it's different than happiness, but freedom because there's a freedom of movement but it's different from satisfaction and being nourished, but it's still a need. But I see that more and more. It's just like how much people have denied themselves, how much we felt, and it's just like our breaking. And till you're not connected to that, you can't really feel what feels good to you, but deeply, not like, uh, oh, it's great you know, to have cocktail on the beach, but it's not the same as when you do something and it's just like, starting to uh, to connect aesthetic and pleasure in a kind of like in a pleasure like almost like orgasm you know an energy that is going through your body like it's close to sexual orgasm and you can do that like eating some food you can do that walking in the street you can do that just like just as a natural state the pleasure you connect the life pleasure and it's life pleasure has to connect for you it's so interesting that you say that because when I know I'm so when you say um, your nature, I tend to use the word authentic self. So like when I'm connected to to my authentic self. So same word, nature, authentic self. And for me, what happens when and so I'm doing this as a qualifying just to say, am I along the right track with what you've said here? So when I feel like I'm on track, OK, so when I'm doing something that um is probably in alignment with my with my authentic self with my higher self it, it I, I feel like I had an orgasm in my solar plexus it's like it's like a champagne bubbling and I'm like oh my god it feels so fantastic and there's this excitement within me so when I get that that's when I go ah I'm on track this is this is what I'm meant to be doing and but I question I mean, give us an example of how people, how would you recommend that people could actually strengthen that connection with themselves? Because I genuinely feel that there is a lot of people out there that just have, just don't sense that connection. And, you know, maybe that's why they drink a lot, or maybe that's why they smoke, or they do something to to try and reach that state, to try and reach that security. What, what, what is, what could people do practically to get that orgasm? Because it feels bloody fantastic. Yeah. I would say first step is quite easy, is to start making choice related to what feels good to you. Right. And I would say like, start with food, you know? If you, uh, you look at a pumpkin and you look at a cucumber and when you look at the cucumber, you're like, oh, no, no, but I think it's good. I should eat that. And then you're like, 
oh, but when I do that, or when I see a piece of chicken, even if I want to be vegan, I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, listen to your body. The pleasure will come through the body consciousness. Yeah, okay. It's about starting to pay attention to your body consciousness. When your body is tired, when you walk in the streets, are you walking fast or are you walking at your body pace? When you choose food, are you choosing food like what you think it will be good or what you feel like, oh, ooh, when I look at that, it's, it's attractive. <laughs> okay, maybe sometimes it will be chocolate, but if you pay attention to your body, sometimes you feel all right, it's chocolate, but sometimes it's just the brain or it's just the emotion that try to compensate to have some sweet, which can be all right, you know. But there's something about that. It's connected, listening almost to, um, yeah, to the body consciousness and, and start, I would say start with like, uh, choose the food that feels good, where you feel that there's, your body is just like, is saying yes, just pay attention. In paying attention, most of the people can feel uh, that there's something going on. And then I will say, do that with, when you go out, just like, do I really feel doing it? Or I'm doing it because I said to my friend, I will join. When your partner is asking, oh, could you make me a tea? Someday you'll be like, oh yes, that feels good to make you a tea. And someday you will be just at one meter from the cup and you will be like, ah, no, honestly, <laughs> I don't feel doing it. <laughs> which, which will generate initially some Re realignment in the relationship but at the end it just brings so much freedom and and you start to take care of your needs and then the needs are connected to the body so it's starting to recognize what feels good to what doesn't feel good and say no and say yes and you know what's so interesting is it comes back to again how through thousands of hundreds of years we've been taught to disconnect from that and so everybody is walking around like robots rather than, you know, you see the classic story where you see the guy, I can't remember who it was, who I think it was an old client or a patient of mine many, many years ago. And um, he was a lawyer and he was so unhappy and he was actually really depressed. And he came to see me and he was he said I'm so depressed I'm just so depressed and I said you know my understanding is that that's a very loud indication that you're not doing what your life path is or what you would like to do and he went away and he he kind of it was just a chat we were having and he took that on board and he decided that he he gave up his job and he went out and started doing photography for, for months he didn't do anything he was just quite depressed and then he picked up a camera one day and it just transformed his life. And his, his wife and his children and his parents were just so pleased to finally have him back, to have this man back with um, joie de vivre and happiness that they were just like, okay, you just be a photographer. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. So, but it's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm, wondering what the listeners are thinking now are they thinking wow uh, you know this is such a great piece of information that you've given to say really tune in to how you feel and if it feels good start to go with it and if it doesn't don't do it yeah and I will say like you can try also to have nothing's planned during one day and just when you 
when you start your day, just ask like, hmm, what will feel good to do next? You know, because like this, you're in tune with what you feel in the moment. And it's almost like training a muscle, you know? It's like you train yourself to tune with your, with, with your pleasure. And it's like every muscle, the more you train and put consciousness into it, more is growing, more, more of a connection to your pleasure. Because it's really like energetically, it's really coming from earth and there's really like some uh, connection, you know, almost some tube that's going through your legs, you know. And, uh, and more, you, more of us flow, more of our energy coming from here in doing small things, more than you recognize, you can recognize your things. But people want sometimes to jump and find their passion when they don't even know what they like to do in the morning or when they like to do when there's nothing to do, what really give them pleasure when they have no plan or if they can do everything. Also, um... Would you say, so then this is an interesting question because you've used the word pleasure quite a lot and you've talked about connecting um, with your nature and um, finding your own authority so would you say I have so many questions it's unbelievable but would you say that um, our purpose here in this lifetime is to find our own authority so so find our inner security and live a pleasurable life so to to find the pleasure um, because so many people I feel just are on autopilot and the thought of pleasure, the thought of doing something pleasurable is quite frightening because it seems like it's not accepted. Like life needs to be difficult, right? Life needs to be a struggle. Life, you know, if you're having an easy, fun time of it, it it's, you know, it's not good. Well, not that it's not good, but people feel guilty with it. We had this conversation recently. Yeah, we had this conversation. We had to pay for it. It's almost like you feel guilty if things are coming easy, easily to you. There's something about, but it's really about, um, there's a quote uh, from like Judeo-Christian culture about the suffering is a good thing. If you suffer, you're a good person. If you have it easy, mm, it's not good. You know, so it's cultural. It's just something that needs to be transcended. It might have been useful in some aspects to probably uh, manage a bit of the animal impulse, you know, right. which was before that it was just the, the law of Italian. So the stronger was, was the one who was beating you and that was done, you know? So it yeah. was almost um, a phase to go through to develop a bit like a moral. And that's kind of like, okay, now that the morality, the understanding, it seems to be well structured. Okay, let's connect back to this animal impulse, those emotion, because it's where there's pleasure. It's, it's your body. Your little animal is your body. I see so many people like, uh, they're very touched by animal suffering, but they don't pay attention to their own animality, which is their body, you know? Right, 100%. Yeah, it's like you push your body like to finish something or to look at the, an, a, a last episode on Netflix or to finish work. <laughs> so you, you, there's maltreatance, is it like a, treating very badly your animality, which is your body. It's kind of like if you had a little dog and, and you keep him awake when he's falling asleep to be like, no, 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 let's wow. finish. <laughs> when you look at it like that, that's insane. 
it's insane. It's exactly that. It's, uh, so it's like there's, and I think this is also the connection of how badly we, we treat our body. So our animal, the same way that we have the same dynamic with earth, you know, we abusing earth the way we are abusing our body, you know, or a bit longer, a bit more food, a bit more that, oh, oh I, you're going to wake up a bit earlier. The body wants to sleep, you know, how insane is like, you will do that to a dog, yeah, I will say like, oh, you're crazy. If an animal is sleeping to be like, oh, come on, wake up now, it's time to work. It's just like. Um, so here's, so here's the thing. So here's the thing, and this comes down, I think, to confidence, trust, and knowing. Um, and I'm asking you because I know I, I'm pretty sure I'll know know the answer. What you're going to say here? So I hear totally what you're saying about how um, we we abuse our bodies or, or we don't look after ourselves. Okay, so imagine ourselves. Imagine my body as an animal, and I'm really tired and exhausted, and that you know. Uh, let's say, for example, tomorrow morning that my body would really like to just lie in till about nine o'clock in the morning. OK, right. If I were to do that, you know, and and I were to go with the flow, how how does life work? How does money come in? How does how do you see what I'm saying? Can you imagine the chaos it will bring for people and the fear because there'd be like no structure? Yes, indeed. This is where. There's the balance between the chaos and the order, like the yin and the yang, you know? If you go in full chaos, you follow the body and it's just the instinct, there's no structure. But then it has to be connected with the order. So the food, the upper chakra, about like what sense are you making of your life? The sense allows you to know where you want to go next. Yeah. So with your animal, the, the animal is the fire, is the fuel, is the energy. If you don't have the body, you will, you know, it will be hard you're not you're you're not here without your body you're near so the idea is more like to create an harmony between those two forces and yeah. at the moment the unbalance is more like from what i see about like reconnecting with the animal with this kind of chaos from chaos your life come from chaos yeah and, and magic and and miracles come from chaos when there's no order no hope and you're totally in the chaos and the shaman going to the chaos, you know, when you want to just create something, the death is going through and the life is going through the chaos. So it's just, uh, it's such an interesting force to connect with, to create what you want. Otherwise, you're going to make a lot of effort on like without fuel because it's, it's the life force. Yeah, it's the life force. So it's just about having the balance and I would say to allow them to communicate. You know, I'm, I'm doing lots of work with client around inner feminine and inner masculine because there's those two forces. Inner feminine resonate with chaos and inner masculine with order. And, and they need to communicate to start to be like in tune and to help each other and to support. But it's not about like thinking that the mental is above the body and then control. And so it's more about like, okay, how we how we are becoming a good team team member. Because if you're a good team member, you can go further. Working together. Yes. Yeah. You play, on your website, you say something, and I just want to read this out because it, it, I found it quite profound. Um, so you talk about the fact that you have been face-to-face -face with the darkest, ugliest, and most terrifying aspects of human nature. 
and equally experience the beauty and the joy. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Because that that's a, quite a bold statement. It looks like quite a strong, and I was like, I'm intrigued as to what Corinne actually means by that. Yes, it's kind of like, um, you know, there's some aspects or archetype in humanity. And I'm thinking especially about the dynamic between victim and perpetrator, you know, there's different scale, you know, you, there's some small tension about like, uh, I'm not doing well with my partner, there's tension, I feel a victim, but more you intensify the pattern, more you have like uh, the innocent victim and the worst perpetrator. And then we're stepping into like child abuse. Right. And then more you're going into like you strengthen, it's like where it starts to be like unbearable, where it's kind of like it's uh, sexual abuse, you know? It's like, okay, how am I integrating that? You know, if it's just like, it's an experience, it's just an intensity, it's just that. And then having to face the intensity of um, being connected with both sides, you know? about being uh, at the same time the victim and starting to be conscious about uh, holding a part of a perpetrator because one don't go with the other. It's, quite, it's kind of like uh, intense. And I had to face that, you know, in many ways. And that allows me to support people. But it's just like, it's not something I process mentally. It's something that goes through the body. And it's, uh, it's it was quite a big, Lots of, not lots of work, it was to, to surrender and to welcome uh, the pain that can exist in both of that and just letting it go through my body. Wow. So, what, so my understanding is that, so you experienced that. So we're talking about a client potentially or, or someone in that's an experience that happened in somebody else basically and in order to transcend it heal it move it you obviously had to allow that through your own body as an experience so here's the thing when we come into this incarnation and uh, and this lifetime um would you say that as a soul as a, as, a, as a soul journey, that we choose our burdens, we choose what happens to us. So in the case of some horrific crimes, um, like rape, like sexual abuse, like um, illness, um, has that soul chosen that experience so that the soul can evolve and learn from it? Uh, interesting. I would say, I don't know. Okay. Honestly, it's something that's I like to talk about the, the thing that I'm 100% sure because it's not that they are right. It's just like I've been through experience that make me like, okay, it's something that I vibrate. The way it's choose, I don't know the way it's like, I feel there's a, there's a direction. It's almost, I'm not sure if everything, um, I feel there's what I can say, what I, I, I have experienced. Like I know there's this movement of growth. Or is, I know there's a movement of perpetual change all the time. Right. And uh, can it go in a, a direction or another? Uh, probably there's this thing of nature, you know, like you experience what, honestly, it's, 
I will stay, I don't know. I will stay with that because I think then it's just like, I can have opinion, but it's not some, I've never touched even when I do like a projection, astral projection, I've never touched that. So I've got no certainty and I will say, no, I don't have any experience, real experience about that. Okay. I can, so I don't know. But what I say is almost like the soul, if a soul have to grow in a certain way, like I want to feel, I want to experience, I want to learn about uh, justice, you know, because I feel things are unfair. The way you can learn it, it could be through a positive um, experience or through a negative experience. And if you don't get it and your soul want to grow in this direction, I would say, you can do it in a different way. It's just, it's almost like maybe you're resistant. I don't know why people choose a way or another. Uh, I would say maybe some mechanism or some, or some habit, but I would say it could be, everything could be experienced in a different way it's interesting because from an iridology perspective so iridology is like uh, i'm trained as an iridologist and it's um like a diagnostic within the eye so it's a medical emotional physical um diagnostic and you have what's known as time risk marks and so it's the pigmentation the coloring and you can basically trace up to five generations well probably more to be honest but up to five generations of physical, medical, spiritual, and emotional um, lineage in the eyes for both the mother and the father side. So it's quite phenomenal. So for example, in my daughter's eyes, both of them around the topography of the heart have like a time risk marking for um, cardiac weakness, but it wasn't actually manifesting within them. It was their grandfather, but the marking was still there. So, but, so the thought with iridology is that um, we choose, we choose, um, we come into the lifetime with those burdens that we want to actually overcome. So that, we want to, so that, so, and it's less about what actually happens, but more about how we react to what happens or how we, how we choose to work with it. But what's quite interesting is what you've just said is that, yes, so the soul comes in with a, or my opinion and your opinion is the soul comes in with a, with a desire to overcome a certain experience. So whether that be justice or, or what have you, but it doesn't necessarily have to experience it in either a good or a bad way. So it's yeah. free choice, free choice, I suppose, free will. Yeah, oh yeah. There's, there's a, I would say there's a new post, but it's still like a lot of fury because I think at this level, it's like, let's say my three dimension brain cannot process, I think, all the, the I've, got, I've got a feel, I've got a sense through some experience. Uh, but I think it's almost connected to the nature, you know, it's, I still feel it's like, a, you incarnate, you have to incarnate with a body. And it's also almost to make the, you, 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 you inherited things related to the physical matter. And, uh, and the physical matter has to evolve also. Right. So it's a way to make the physical matter evolve in, in pushing some, some beliefs that are also in store in, in the DNA, I would say, in, in the flesh, you know, because we accumulate the experience of our ancestor. If, if our ancestor have some trauma, it's passed by, you know, through, through, uh, through memory in the body. 
epigenetics. Epigenetics, exactly. Now it's like they, they know it, you know, it's like, uh, so they know that some alleles are getting activated through um, uh, outside external pressure. And how you then you change the allele. So the activation of like how your gene is expressed is coming from the way you perceive the outside or uh, which it could be mentally or even physically. It's, it's very complex. Wow. So here's the thing. Um, affirmations. Do you, so bearing in mind that you work in the unconsciousness, don't you? You don't work on, or, or I suppose a client would come to you and say that they have a particular frustration or a block or they're, or they're wanting to change something in their life. Um, and I guess that's coming from their ego mind, that their personality in their mind, and it's something that's undesirable or they want to change and grow. So you don't work on that level, but you go down into the unseen, is that right? Because that is where that's where the, the, the blockage, the pattern, the limiting self-belief may be held. So what is your thought then around affirmations? So somebody could just go around saying, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm going to win the lottery, I'm going to win the lottery. Do affirmations work or can they be helpful? Or really, unless you're doing work in the unconsciousness, you, an affirmation is not going to work? uh complex question so you're gonna have an unclear reply uh i've i've seen a bit everything there you know i've seen some affirmation that just with an affirmation things get manifested uh, after two or three months uh but i tend to believe that it's it's almost when you you detach so when there's no history related to what you desire okay manifested if like there's a huge, for me, it's still about the energy and it manifests in the astral. So if you give it life in the astral, like, yes, I want it. And you have, so more you connect it to your pleasure and more you get excited and more, if you really don't care, sometimes it's how it come, how it come and saying like, okay, it get manifested. I had this kind of experience. And sometimes it's just affirmation because you're very aligned and people think like, oh, it's because I made an affirmation that it manifested. Yeah, maybe it's because sometimes you're very aligned and it was the moment. So it came to your consciousness and you feel like, oh, it's an affirmation. But it was just because you were super ready for that. Right. Okay. Sometimes it's not the affirmation by itself. Because the affirmation is almost like giving a form in the astral and nourishing it with energy. So more you think you need to feel, you know, and it's almost like, yeah, you have a shape and you put energy and it's how you manage. It's a bit like a disease, you know. It's like the disease come in the same way, you know, there's a lot of emotion in it. And when there's so much density, it's, it's going through, uh, it's passed through the, the physical reality and it manifests. And affirmation is a bit the same. You visualize it and, um, and you put energy into it. That's why no man in Wicca or like in, uh, in, white, in white magic, they were like using sexual energy to, to, to create life you know, in their uh, affirmation or, or what, what they wanted to manifest. But if unconsciously you have something that have more energy that oppose what you want, what you try to manifest. Okay. You know, gonna work. So if you think like I want, you know, I want million and I feel very aligned and there's a part of you that feels yeah, but it will be unfair, or um, I'm not deserving it, or even if you say, oh, I'm deserving it, I'm deserving it. 
it's if it's like um, it is green uh, if it's in opposition, in conflict with something that is in your unconscious, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, you're not gonna get it. Also, if you're very attached, because it's almost like oh, I cannot wait to have it, and then it's creating a tension, which is an opposition force with yeah. what the, the, the way it has to be manifested. But I will say I don't have all the keys. I had some experience, so I'm kind of like okay, working like that. And sometimes, yeah, affirmation helps to nourish and give a direction, like when you have an idea. So uh, not 100% sure of everything. I'm still uh, learning about that for experience. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It really is, isn't it? And here's another question that I think would be really helpful for listeners out there, because I know this, and I know that you know this, um, that the divine doesn't judge that there is no judgment but I think there's a lot of people out there who spend their lives riddled with guilt and think that when they leave the physical body and they go back to spirit you know they're going to be judged or um damned or it it, it, it's not a truth is it my understanding is that there is no judgment I don't know there's this thing it's like no direct experience of that what I believe is like there's probably a realm where there's a construction about these kind of things happen, you know? So even that, you know, as it's almost like, it's part of like a, a collective unconscious. I will say that probably as a form somewhere. So if you think that maybe you will judge, you will be judged, maybe you will go on the next step and then there will be some energy that's gonna judge you because this is part of what you believe. And it's almost like if we were all holding a universe inside ourselves which is like connected to all our beliefs. And I think the, the, the key is really to be able to, uh, to make space and starting to own our belief and own our creation because more we, we becoming aware that that's all right, I can relax, I'm creating that. There's something inside me, maybe I'm not conscious about it, that is creating this reality, but I need to, to, to own that. But what go next, well, I never can't say, you know, okay. I, it's, it's out of like uh, my experience. I've been uh, out and I've got some idea about that. Uh, but I will say it's... Because uh, the understanding is consciousness is love. You know, it's just love. It's pure love. You know, that... that there's two force. There's this love and there's also the separation. Because yeah. more you go on... on on the it's almost like a difference between the higher realm. This is something that I perceive. It's kind of like the higher realm, which is about uh, all this unity and this love. And there's another direction, which is also all separation. More you go small, more they're like there's 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 the molecule and there's the atom, and everything is separated. There's as much separation in one direction, but everything is separated. And there's a, even like more separation. More you go small, more you want to see. There's an infinite level of separation, like there's an infinite level of unity in the direction, but going into the divine through my experience, it's, it's beyond that. There's no judgment because it's like, it, there's a, it's the sum of everything, the, the seen and the unseen, and it's a force, infinite force, but it's almost this, this fixed silence from just the experience I had in uh, in opening some time to this space, it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, you see that it's, it's, 
it's not behaving like this is good, this is bad, and and you have to love. And even that is just like is the sum of the love and the the anger and the hate. It's it's just like it's it's a space more like uh, I would not say neutral. You feel it's life, but it's just like feel it's nothing. so much nothing. Yeah. Nothingness in a way. Yeah, it's like it's a very thick, infinite nothingness. There's something I would say it's closer to that. Mm. It's, it's like the space, infinite space. Suddenly, I feel like I had this experience, you know, where where it was interesting. It's like when you join consciousness, which is the force of separation, mm-hmm. and sensing, which is like um, sensing it's the let's say the most positive sensing is love. You know, there's something very harmonious. And sensing in the worst thing, if it's absolute pain, emotional pain, and then and I had this experience where I was I was having a pain in my heart, you know, through uh, uh, my own suffering, and I was just like being conscious and be like, okay, I just need to be to pay attention to that. I just need to pay attention to that, and I was just like following with my consciousness, like the pain in my heart, and suddenly everything opened, and then it was this space. It was just the space where, where beyond, where the most intense feeling and the most intense consciousness met, and it's op- it it opened a, a door, and then it's just kind of like okay, that was the thing behind the story, and then it's just spread, and then you come back, and like okay, I start to get uh, what is the divine, and you see, it's almost like yeah, it's it's, it's beyond any concern of like good or bad. It's phenomenal. So when you um, have these experiences, when you, so do you find it difficult to, because your consciousness, uh, does your consciousness leave your body quite easily? Do you find it quite difficult to stay grounded and stay in your own body? Or do you find yourself going down the street going, oh, what's going on over there? I'm just going to go and have a little look over there. Do you find it? Less and less, because uh, first I'm doing that with my clients. So I'm I'm less uh, interested to look at the uh, what's going on inside someone, except if it's someone that I'm in a relationship with. But generally, I tend not to do that because I'm kind of like, I have, I have enough to do with my own psyche, you know? Outside of my client, I've got my own work, you know? And my work is more about like limits, you know? So all my path is about like uh, staying in my body, stay in your body, stay in your body, stay in your limits. The limitless is something easy. My challenge is staying in the body. So now it's much more easier. I'm in my body and it's where there's pleasure. So I know it's kind of like the carrot is there, you know, and the energy to manifest is there because more I relax into it, more I feel connected, you know, more I start to be at the middle between those two forces, the limit, you know, and the infinite. And then things happen and you're more and more connected to your divine. This is where you, you, you just like your essential of divine, you're connected to it. You start to be at the center and the faith increase and there's more like ease and relaxation through for accepting the limits so that must be very comforting for you actually um to come back to that feeling and to come back to that center if you like after you have had an out-of-body experience yeah it must be very nourishing for you to come back and go i'm home like i'm home like i like i'm home Yes, oh yes, it's just like when, uh, it's kind of entertaining when you go in astral projection, but astral projection, it's not, the body has really an intelligence and the body has a consciousness that allows you to go through 
over dimension also in using the energy of the body. So it's different, you know, you can have a lot of different kind of like um, consciousness expansion that are different as when you're in the body or when you're outside, totally different. So when you use plants, you tend to be outside the body. You know, it's dissociating a bit from your body. So you have expansion, it's interesting. Very different when you have some practice such as like in Sufism, you turn, you know, you, you do twirling, twirling. So you need to involve the body and then you close out of the silence. You know, when, when the body is there, you know, there's something in, uh, I think as human, we are meant to be at the middle. Right. To be at the middle between those two things. So you can have a lot of aesthetic experience with a plant, but you will miss one part of the incarnation uh, that will allow you just to be at the middle uh, and to become more human. It yeah. has to be, I think the body and this consciousness have to be included. It's giving different kind of uh, mystic experience when when you're going with it i suppose if you're not if you're if you're con it's that word isn't it spiritual bypassing if you're constantly up there and not very grounded you're missing out on the whole purpose of kind of being here so it's learning to integrate i guess all of it together exactly i think this is that otherwise you miss the point of the incarnation and you will you can have a static experience but it will be different than having an orgasm <laughs> walking in the street is different. It's yeah. different. Mystical experience. I had it and at the beginning. I thought it was that. And then I started with a different kind of experience. And it was just kind of like, okay, okay, overscale, different. So who would you say is in charge? The the soul, the unconscious, the conscience, the, the, the ego mind? Who runs the who runs the who runs the shop? Oh, run it for what? Well, you know, um, who's really, who, who really holds the keys? I mean, I'm uh, thinking, yeah. I think know. there's um, the identity is structured with the mental and with uh, the body consciousness, you know? So this is what creates like uh, your, you would say your ego, your identity, the one that say, I want that, I want that. This part make the choices. Okay. And but the fuel is coming from you're not creating this reality. You're not creating the plant in your back. You're not creating it's just this manifestation is sustained by your divine, you know. And even if you think like this is me that go to the shop and buy the fruit, yeah, yeah, but you don't create that, you know. Yeah. And and indeed, so it's kind of but you make the choice. It's kind of I think this is where this human experience has something unique compared to the animal experience, there's a choice of doing good or bad. You can just like, there's no expectation of doing good. I think if you want to, uh, to do bad, you're free. And you see many people do that and they mess up with their life and it's worse and worse. It's more about what you want to experience because you're free. You can give the sense of your life. There's no, uh, oh, you have to do good. Oh, you have to be that. For me, embracing your nature allows to create harmony and, and, and enjoy yourself, which I think seems to be a good place to be for me. But yes. this is my path. I want to increase the pleasure of my life, but people can have over intention, over sense, you give the sense that you want. I think this is where there's a free will. So if you say that, yeah. So in that case, 
uh, this part that creates identity, your identity means the mental and your body consciousness uh, influence each other to give a sense of your life. And they have the power. They make the choice. The choice lay in the power. Yeah. No, the power lay in the choices. I think what you've just said, though, is is probably a good place to try for people to get to, which is to trust in the nature of themselves because that you know rather than saying i'm going to be a good person or i'm going to be a bad person th their essence their nature their authentic self will will tell them what they really what they really want and and that might be different to what they think right it might be very different to what they think yeah and it's not because you say no or i don't want or i don't like that you're a bad person i yeah. think it's about like uh being honest with um, maybe your duty is to make yourself happy or not you can choose to make your life miserable you know there would not be there would not be judgment you is it's very classroom i think it's really like a very patriarchal view of like the divine uh about like oh you're going to be punished and then you haven't done your own work you need to be a nice one i think it's more like the plant you know it's like you grow you, you grow and you digest and that's gonna be integrated by the soul. And then the game will be played in another way by another part of yourself or with a different kind of, uh, of uh, experience, but it's not ending, it's movement all the time. And there's no really beginning and end, just movement. So here you are, this incredible, incredible woman with this um, incredible, and I say, listeners, incredible talent, because really working with Corinne, I just would recommend everybody to pick up the phone and work with her. Um, what's next for you in terms of, you know, you, you run a busy practice, you help people tremendously. Um, in fact, can you do just give the listeners a synopsis of, what your work does for people. So you help people transform their... Yeah. I help people to transform their unconscious belief in order to connect with what is really satisfying for them in life. And I help them to overcome some challenge that they have difficulty to, to go through and give them them keys for your, their unconscious and what I'm doing also I'm I'm transmuted charge emotional charge because I can pick the the emotion of people and transcend it through my body so I help people to release emotion and I help people to structure themselves it's a bit like if they're coming a person is like a house for me and sometimes I clean because it's really messy and but I like to just remove some walls sometimes to make some space and when there's people have space, they can breathe. It's not only that like, don't just do energy eating and like just cleaning, because then if you don't change the habit, the, the, the dust is coming back. But it's more about like changing the structure. So just making like, hey, by the way, the way your kitchen is made, there's just let's just change that. And if a person just like, oh my God, in fact, it was ready. And then people are just like change through. Uh, for word and structural um, inputs. So I would say I, I help people to have like uh, more space in themselves. 
which allows for a healing and a change to take place. And when you, because when you see that, I can only describe, I'm trying to sort of give analogies of, um, of some of the work that we've done for, for the listeners. Um, oh, there's so many examples really of how, you know, we've moved something within my unconsciousness and then suddenly what was perceived as a challenge or a worry no longer is and it's just like it's just disappeared it's 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 phenomenal work it really is phenomenal work and so if you were to give just one sentence of advice to people um, as to how this work can transform them what would that be because I really really want the list I'm going to tell everybody I'm obviously going to put your information um, in the episode resource because really it's it's phenomenal what you do so if you were to sum up in a couple of um, sentences obviously it's finding their joy it's finding their peace it's helping them um, overcome challenge it's making space how would you just put it in one sentence one sentence or two sentences I will say be ready to take responsibility for what you're manifesting yeah uh, it's not a work for everyone because you have to face your identity and what you build and what you're holding you know but I will say it's a uh, yeah, be ready to take responsibility. This is what you need to do to, uh, to move forward and to, uh, to agree before you come to, to see me. Do you know, you're 100% right because it really is about that. And I know um, in one early session, listeners, that I had with Corinne, um, without going into too much detail, Corinne had said something which was that I had created this particular mess okay I'm not going to go into the details now but that I had created this particular mess and that it was my fault okay so I had caused it I'd attracted it I had and it took me I'm I'm one that's always up for, for growth but it took me days to get my head around that and I remember contacting Corinne saying uh-uh I did not. Are you saying are you saying that I chose that? Because I did absolutely not. But it was when we talked about it and I began to realize the responsibility within it and the accountability within it, I think is a good thing, but without judgment. So for anyone out there who's looking for the most amazing personal growth, I highly recommend Karim because not only will she help you to achieve that growth, but she does it in such a way that there is never, ever, ever any judgment. And so it makes it so easy for you to then become accountable and to take responsibility. And that in itself is so freeing because there's no judgment attached. And I think that's one of the, one of the things I love the most about working with you is that there's never any judgment and we can laugh about it. And I can say, oh my God, am I really thinking that? Like, you know, and, and when you take responsibility for it. So yeah, I would say you're probably right. That's one of the major things for you that, yeah. you know, people must be prepared to take the responsibility 
of their actions and what they're manifesting and that you're more than happy to help transform, transmute and what have you, but they need to take that responsibility. Absolutely, and I think this is where there's your power. Take responsibility, even if you can't see it, you know, I would explain where you're responsible. And just, it's not only word, it's just about I'm connecting with you and, and through this space I discuss with this divine space, this is what creates movement. Mm -hmm. I'm saying word, but what I am changing is what I've changed in myself, you know? So it's almost helping people also to just to move to the next room in your life. You know, if you fed up to live in the same room and know where you want to go next, I will help you to move through this door. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to put um, your website and all your details in the episode resources so people can contact you. They can read up about your incredible story. They can read up about how your sessions work. There's some fantastic testimonials on there as well. And then all people need to do, right, is to contact you to book an appointment. Yes, or just go on my booking page and then there's a calendar of, uh, and then people just can choose the time that fits them. And that's it. It's been amazing. I can't thank you enough because I just think you, yeah, what can I say? The world needs your work. Well, we're all needed, right? Of course, but what you do is pretty exceptional. And it has been so nice having you on here and giving just more explanation and, and, and strength behind the story and, and yeah, with the work you're doing is fantastic. So I can't thank you enough, Corinne, it's been incredible. Thank you, Joan, for having me in your podcast. And you know, I think it's like, we, you need strength to go through uh, our own like onion layer. So, and you have that, you know, so I think it's like, uh, I'm always, I'm also very amazed and uh, humbled by uh, the bravery of uh, people with who I work, you know, because uh, that need the uh, bravery to face our own, uh, our own limits and our responsibility in what we're creating. So yeah, thank you for holding bravery, you know. What a conversation. So beautiful people, embrace your bravery, find your own authority and place in this world and step into the truth of who you are. I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with Corinne. She is truly exceptional and I really say that from personal experience. So please reach out to her on her Instagram where she uploads some fabulous content and if you want to find out more about her personal story, her work and her services, connect with her via her website. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. Next week here on the show, we have the adorable and courageous Rachel Heckman. I came across Rachel's Instagram page some time ago and I just fell in love with her bravery, her authenticity and her willingness to be open with her personal and emotional development. Rachel has created an accountability page on Instagram called Sober in Central Park, which is her personal blog hashtag recovering out loud and her story is on living a sober and alcohol-free lifestyle. This woman is rocking it and this woman's honesty and bravery is really infectious. So it's going to be insightful, it's going to be inspirational, so don't forget to join us next week here on the Authentic Lifestyle Show. I wish you a wonderful weekend 
And wherever you are, please remember how truly magnificent and beautiful you are. I look forward to connecting with you next week. But for now, much love.